Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendez and we've got a packed show for you this week as we gear up for Saturday's home game uh, with Sunderland. But not only that, of course, we're going to discuss the fact that Marcus Madison has arrived at the Valley on a one-year deal. We'll hear from the player himself. We'll also hear from the director of football, Steve Gallen. We'll hear from Lee Bayer as well as the show progresses before we start to turn our attention to the game uh, with the Mackhams towards the end of the pod. So joining me to do just that first up, who's just finished eating an orange. That was the whole reason for our delay this evening. Uh, Mr. Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? Uh, I was ready to say I was ready for a fruity podcast. You ruined it for me. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Not too bad. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's always a fruity show, uh, especially when Nathan Muller's on. How you doing, Nath? Oh, hello, everybody. Oh, that, sound, that sounded <laughs> extremely... Ex- uh, yeah, and- no, I've, um, I've, not, I've not got any fruit in my mouth or anything or... I'm, I've just pretty boring. I've just got a cup of tea on me, really. Yeah, I've just groovy Thursday night for me. Yeah, excellent. Well, you know, don't have too much excitement all at once, Nath. Anyway, right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the on the. So as I said on the, this week's show, uh, once we've gotten over the excitement of Nathan's cup of tea, uh, let's start to turn our attention to the fact that China finally got their man, Marcus Madison, uh, has finally signed a free agent. He's been linked uh, with a move to the club, of course, uh, back in January. That didn't happen because it turned out we're under a transfer embargo. But he has finally arrived. A one-year deal for the uh, former Peterborough man uh, at the Valley. Uh, 27 years old. He scored a hat for the goals in uh, League One for Peterborough. Uh, and I'm sure we're very excited to have him at the Valley. Um, let's hear from him. First up, straight away, uh, Marcus Madison. He spoke to the club uh, upon his arrival in SE7 this afternoon. And he was finally pleased. He was pleased to finally get a deal over the line at the Valley. Yeah, obviously delighted. This has been going on for quite a while there was some, obviously some interest in January and glad to get it done today feels like a bit of a saga doesn't it obviously you were mentioned in January we know Lee Bowie met that then it couldn't happen for reasons beyond everyone's control really um, so is it, is it a bit of a relief now that it's sorted oh, of course to have the consistent admiration from a manager and for him to pursue you still seven eight months down the line obviously he believes in me as a player and that's a massive deal for me so Delighted. You obviously know this division inside out as well. A lot of goals, a lot of assists, and stuff like that. I mean, that must be something that you can bring to the side, obviously. But the goal is to win promotion, so that must be something you're you're really eager to be a part of, having been at Peterborough for for so long. Yeah, as you say, I've been in this division for a long time. It'd be nice to get out of it. That's the main goal at the end of the season. Yeah, so hopefully I can play a part in that. What, what are your key attributes that the fans can look out for? What what can you bring to the team? Um, I'd like to say I score goals, um, assists. I'll make I'll make sure our striker gets goals. I think that's the job as a winger. As long as 
you're helping your team in any way you can. That's the most important thing. So hopefully I can do my thing. It's obviously been a tough six months or so for you without any football. You must be raring just to, to get out on the training pitch itself, uh, meeting your teammates, but also to pull on that red shirt and start playing some games again. Oh, 100%. It's been definitely the most difficult time of my life sat at home. A lot of problems outside of football as well as the added pressure of sat at home not playing football and then everyone going back, I'm sat at home. So yeah, I'm delighted to be here. I can't wait to get going and hopefully the results will follow. Does it feel very much like a, a fresh start for you as a person and a player? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. The amount of time I've had out is always going to refresh you kind of thing and make you realise why you started playing football in the first place. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You're going to be meeting your teammates for the first time properly tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, you know Connor Washington from your time at Peterborough, but uh, that must help in uh, in settling into the dressing room that there's someone there that you can you know, rely on. Yeah, yeah, I know Connor. Obviously, played with Connor at Peterborough. Helped him get a few goals. Hopefully, I can do the same here. Played with Erhan as well. So, I know a couple of the boys in there. But, yeah, I'm just looking forward to going in. So, there we go. Marcus Madison uh, speaking to Ollie Groom upon his arrival in SE7. Uh, Tom, I, men- I mentioned his goal record. You know, almost, well, be- better uh, than one in four. If you look at his starts, 181 starts in League One. And he scored 52 goals. Uh, at least one of them coming against us, you'll remember. Um, a player we've been heavily linked with. I mean, this this feels like an exciting deal for us. Yeah, unless you're a massive fan of Johnny Williams, who I know we're going to come on to talk about a bit later. But I think, it, yeah, that he's a very, very good player. And I know he comes with his personality, which I know people have questioned, maybe his attitude. Um, but on the whole, you're getting a very, very exciting player. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't really made the step up. I don't think he's Premier League quality, but I think middle, upper end of the championship, I, I think he probably would do all right there, but nobody's been prepared to take a punt on him. And maybe it is the the personal aspects that have been difficult. I know um, that, that, as I say, that that has been questioned in the past, but as we were saying earlier on, on WhatsApp, you know, we had Lyle Taylor who, who came with his own sort of personality, um, but he stuck the ball in the back of the net and that's the most important thing. And he, he comes with a very good goal ratio. Uh, goal ratio, as you say, he gets assists. Um, he's a very, very good player at this level, and he's someone who Boyer admires. And we know how much Boyer can improve midfielders and and get what he wants from them. So yeah, I think he's a very exciting signing. Um, I think he's going to be certainly looking to get straight into the team this weekend, if possible. Um, and I think yeah, he's a he's a key asset now going forwards, and someone who could easily be the difference between us making the playoffs or not. I think. Mm, yeah, we'll it'll be interesting to see what what his fitness is like because don't forget he hasn't played for for six months. He was uh, barely utilised uh, when when he was with Hull. Um, if you know, so I don't know how match fit he is, Nathan. But do you think he's exactly the sort of player we've been missing in the opening part of this season? Oh, yeah, massively. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, with the the rumours was rumbling around that you know he was linked with us this time, and I think. It's just sort of fell into place, really, with um, obviously being a free agent and the you know the embargo has been lifted now. Um, I think a key for me is um, he's a good set piece taker, free kicks, you know, corners and stuff. Which I think at times we you know we've got okay you know players who could do that, but have we really really got? I mean, you had Lyle who was good at free kicks and Josh Cullen, but really you know I know Jake can swing a ball in, but have we really got someone who, who if someone wants to have a go and go? 
go on goal. We haven't really got that. Um, I think he's a match winner. I think Tom said it. You know, he's got good qualities all round, and um, and he can get a goal out of nothing. And I, mean, I remember games where um, we played Peterborough, and you know, he's done he's done done very well against us. So I think it's a great choice. I think it gives us another bit of another dimension to our play because we don't really get wide players. Um, whether or not he'll be used as a wide player and he'll come in or if he's going to play in a 10. Um, but I just think it gives Bose a bit more flexibility in terms of how we play him. But I know he's come uh, with, you know, a reputation. Um, I think it's fair to say that. Um, but he does work hard. He's not... Um, he might be a bit arrogant or overconfidence, whatever you want to call it, but he does work hard for the team. And I don't think... If he didn't, I don't think Bo would get it. I don't think Bo's gambling here. Uh, I think Bo and Steve know exactly what they want, and I think it's a great, a great addition. And uh, like you say, I just think it's just how quickly can he get up to speed um, because he'll be a, a great player for us in in this league, and we'll probably be looking at him to be trying to win some games on his own sometimes. Mm, yeah, Tom, do you do you see this as as, as a statement of intent now? Um, obviously, you know this is actually my first pod since since Thomas Sangard took over. I wasn't about last Sunday, of course, and you know so delighted that's happened. We've got bodies in. Um, it's, we 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 have to play within this wage cap. Don't forget, so it's, it's difficult to go out and just you know buy all sorts of players because we're we're not in that situation, unfortunately. And that's why other clubs do have this head start on us because some of them were able to do business before the wage cap came in. But you know, picking up a player like this, do you, do you think that's a, a signal of that that we're hoping now to to try and catch up and and maybe challenge for that top six? Definitely, I think it's a sign of the the size of club that we are as well. Um, the fact that that he's still available and the fact that he wants to come to us, you know, even though other teams are, are doing their business earlier and have got their players. I think the fact that this has met, we've managed to get this over the line is definitely a statement of intent. And anyone who's read the interview that, that Rich has put out with, with Thomas, I think he put a clip out today that kind of said, look, I want top six as a minimum. Um, but even he understands that it's going to take some time to adjust. And obviously the performance at the weekend against Lincoln kind of showed that in the best possible light. But if we can keep getting players like this in, players who should be knocking around the top six of this side, the likes of Connor Washington as well. I still think, I know Macaulay Bond's coming for so much criticism recently, but there's no reason he can't you know, get the goals to help us as well. I think we're starting to build that squad together now and it's going to be 10 times harder, partly because we're late partly because of the wage cap, uh, partly because the transfer window is obviously ending fairly soon. So we are on the back foot, but the more players we can get in, the better. And yeah, I think if we can just get a, a competitive squad, you know, again, if we do talk about the likes of Johnny and, and Aussie later, more competition in places is is what we need because Bowyer referenced it himself. You know, he said players can feel like, oh, if I have a bad game, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. And the more players we can get in to provide that competition, the better, because you know that if you have a bad game, you're going to get dropped for the next one. So, yeah, look, I'm delighted it's over the line. He's someone I would have loved to have seen coming in January, and who knows what difference that might have made to the back end of our season. But it is what it is. The super-duper phone took a few months to work, unfortunately. Um, and we'll see what happens in the next few days with, with getting a few more players over the line, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully indeed. Right, I did open the floor up to some of the listeners to see what they made of the signing. Jack said it's an amazing one. Wow, we, uh, Coastman said, just listen to Steve Gallen interview, which we're going to hear in a few moments' time. Uh, I think we've signed a great player because in Gallen we've trust. Tom says it's a clear intention 
that we're not going to hang about in this league. Stephen says it's a real sign of intent as well from uh, Sandgard. Um, Sarah, really please don't care about his attitude as long as he stays focused. Uh, Rod says it's a fantastic sign and will bring experience. Uh, Gavin says hopefully the first of many, a top-class signing. Tom, uh, Mannering said uh, Marcus Madison is a great signing for a League One club. Hopefully he can play some part against Sunderland uh, as well. We had a couple of emails on the subject as well. Um Adam saying, really happy with the signing of Marcus Madison. He may come with a bad reputation. However, I don't see uh, Boyer and Jackson standing up for any of that nonsense. His goals and assists speak for themselves. And Matt said, I'm really happy with the signing of Marcus. He's been superb at this level for the last few years. Hopefully he can carry it on. It does, however, bring back a memory of my only time meeting Carl Robinson. Must be a bad memory. And it came uh, after our game away at Plymouth, which we lost. I met him on the way home at McDonald's in the service station. No surprise there. Uh, I asked Robbo for a photo and asked what he felt had gone wrong in the game. Uh, I suggested that Marcus should be a player that we look at to add some depth and skill, to which he told me that Marcus was a player he liked, given his ability, but also that his attitude uh, was bad and his wage demands would be a joke. Therefore, he wouldn't be a player we'd look at. It's funny how things change over time. So that, that's been the recurring theme, isn't it, Nave? Look, people, you know, we don't we don't know a great deal about Marcus Madison, but what what you hear about him from from other clubs is is the attitude, you know, that that's what's going to be the question. Um, you know, Boyer and Gallen, they look to bring in players with the right attitude. They've have they taken a gamble here? Have they met the man and and thought, you know, he, he put a post on Instagram a couple of days ago that makes it look like he's really reassessed his his life over the last few weeks because he's going through a difficult spell where he hasn't played. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, lost his dog, unfortunately, he put, he put on his Instagram as well. So he's obviously gone through a, a, a difficult time in life and maybe he's ready to sort of reassess and, and knuckle down and, and really work hard for the boys. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think it's difficult because obviously we're hearing um, from, you know, from second, second-hand people that his attitude's bad. And I think sometimes... Um, attitude can be um, misconstrued sometimes against maybe overconfidence. Um, I mean, I don't know the guy. I, th- I think we, he should be given a fair crack of the whip like we would with any player. Um, and for me, if he produces on the pitch, um, I don't really care what he's like, if he's arrogant or whatever. It doesn't really bother me. But uh, listen, I think if he wasn't going to work hard and he wasn't going to do things for the team... Um, I don't think Bowie and Gallen would have signed him. He's probably in the higher echelons of the wage structure. So again, they wouldn't just waste money if they thought he was going to be a disruptive influence. Um, a similar, you know, a similar player who was great for us, and but he he was rumoured to be quite arrogant. It was Ricky Holmes, but then look what he did on the pitch, you know. So I just think just take it as it comes, and then just see it. if if you know if the arrogance is on the pitch, then I think we can go well. It's not really that great, is it? But give him a chance and I, I think he'll turn out to be a great player. And if he can, I think sometimes if you're confident on the pitch, they're the sort of players that will do something out of nothing. They'll do something that you won't ex- expect. And I think that's something that we really lack. We'd lack that little bit of spark, um, especially after Sunday. You look look at, look at the game and you're just crying for something or someone to do something to change the game. And I think that's what he can bring. 
Yeah, hopefully that will be the case. Yeah, Lee Fender says, uh, quality signing, don't worry about his attitude, just focus on his goal-scoring ability. Mina says, I'm heading out to get tattooed. Not very easy, as I have a very furry body. Yeah, Marcus Madison is the most tattooed player we've had uh, for a long time down at the Valley. Now, of course, Steve Gallen would have been the man integral in getting that deal uh, over the line, the director of football. Uh, we'll, hear, we'll hear what his plans are for the rest of the window shortly, but first of all, he talks about uh, Marcus Madison coming in, and please, he's fine been able to get this transfer saga over yeah I think it was it was fairly well documented that uh, myself and Lee uh, met Marcus in January we were hoping that we could sign him at that stage you know for the championship and uh, uh, and obviously that didn't go through I think most people sort of like not know why but uh, anyway we're out of the embargo thank God and uh, we can start making some headway with signings and so as soon as we came out last Friday we obviously we got Ben and and we got Akin in, and so that was immediate with regard to Sunday's game. But all, already we we had a number of targets, and so Marcus has been one all the time. So we've kept it we've kept it alive all the way through, even when we knew a week or so ago we we weren't in the position to do it. So yeah, when it, the opportunity came, uh, yeah, we've moved pretty quick. Just so in the last couple of days, we've moved really quick to get this done, and uh, we're really pleased to get him. He's a player that's, that we've seen do damage to us before and, and damage to a lot of uh, defences in this division. His statistics are very, very good uh, in League One. Um, is it a, a bit of a signal of intent in, in, in what we can now do here at Charlton? Well, it's a good signing. I think a lot of people would think that you know he's a championship player. I mean, again, we were in the championship when we were looking at him, and I would think that his stats for for League One really are second to none. So his goals and uh, and his assists pretty much consistent in the last few years. He doesn't miss many games. It's the, it's the first thing I do really when I'm looking at him a player. I'm looking at do they play matches because you know we don't want we want don't want players who are going to get injured uh, and we've had a few of them unfortunately in the last like couple of years but yeah so he consistently plays he consistently gets goals he consistently gets assists so for sure he's an, an attacking player he's got a great left foot and uh, his set pieces are good and so I really think he's going to help us so that's uh, number six as we just said still work to be done yeah yeah there is yeah it's it's, it's it's not ending. The days are they're long days at the moment. I won't lie to you. It starts early and it ends late. And obviously communicating as well over to America, you know, back and forth. And there's different time zones going on. Uh, so uh, yeah, but we'll we'll get the job done. We've got a couple of weeks, and we'll get the players. I believe that will put us challenging at the top. That's what we all want. And I think Thomas is flying over today, uh, so he'll be in the building tomorrow. Uh, we have a chance to sit down with him and and have further discussions I know you have already but it would be a good chance to, to get his feet under the table I suppose yeah yeah and he's coming over for a few days yeah so and now he's been installed obviously as, as the owner so it's official so that will be a little bit different now before when he was here he was tentative and rightly so until it was actually like uh, until it was all done but yeah we will be having discussions and he told me there last week he's coming but we, we are communicating pretty much every day at the moment because it's important this next couple of weeks that we get things right and that we keep moving forward and then we get players in I think and, and I think everybody recognises like we need to do that we uh, I'm sure Lee, Lee's mentioned it in his interviews we're a bit behind because of the embargo and the ownership issues we're a bit behind other clubs but now we can uh, we, in the next couple of weeks we can try and move quite fast and quite hard to, to try and get the, the players we want there we go then Steve Gallons uh, again speaking to Ollie uh, Tom 
obviously delighted to, to get Marcus over the line. Says that he, he, he rates him as a, as a championship player. Obviously, we were in the championship when we tried to sign him back in January. Um, yeah, I mean, Gallon obviously work, working very hard. He, he's going to have his work, his work cut out now, as it, it always is for him. Um, the, the, the next few days, what we've got about 15 days left of the transfer window. Uh, I mean, he, he's got to build a squad. You know, no wonder that I saw him snacking at McDonald's on the way back from Lincoln because it's hungry work, hungry work getting a squad together. Yeah, hopefully he didn't find any players there. But uh, yeah, and the difficulty for him is he can identify and do all the, the upfront work as much as he wants through the summer. But then at this point, you've still got to be talking to agents. You've got to be talking to clubs. You've got to be talking to the players themselves. You've got to be meeting the player. There's still so much work to do to get a transfer over the line. And obviously, we see such a small amount of that. And I think we're privileged in the fact that the likes of Steve and Lee come out on Valley Pass and they give honest interviews about the process. So I think we actually get quite a lot of insight. But there is so much that they have to do behind the scenes. And yeah, it's just it must be relentless for them. But they must be so pleased to have the not just the financial backing, because obviously Roland had the finances if you wanted to use it, but an owner who's willing to spend that money and willing to help them and willing to trust them as well. You know, they haven't got to go through some kid sitting in, in Belgium in his in his pants anymore. They can they can be trusted to go out and get the players they want and it must be so nice for them. And it, it's madness that that this has taken so long for them to just be able to do their job. But finally, they're able to, the shackles are off. And I know the wage cap is still an issue, so it's not perfect. But, you know, we I'm sure everyone listening would agree that we can trust Bowyer and, and Gallon with the players that they've got in over the past two years. Um, and yeah, you're right. We probably need five, six, seven more players at least. Um, I know that's what Nave said on Sunday, didn't he? I think seven players. So, and I agree with him. I think we do because we, we haven't got a squad at the moment. We've got a first 11, maybe a couple off the bench that can help. But apart from that, we're we're relying on, on players that just shouldn't be anywhere near the first team, not because of their ability, but because they just don't shouldn't be exposed to that level of football so early in their career. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. But if we can get five or six more in, I think we, we'll have a squad that's competitive. Um, and as I think Thomas said, or maybe Rich himself, we, we are playing catch up slightly because we haven't started the season brilliantly, but we're only three games in and there's a lot of football left to be played. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens the next couple of weeks. Mm, yeah, I mean, we're, it's probably well recorded where where we need to to, to go and improve um Nathan but I guess strike strikers still probably the main one uh, along with the right back you know the, the the talk of is it going to be Adam Matthews is it going to be I think Ali Koki youngster from from Burnley it could be someone else for for all we know but there's um th- there's still bits and pieces that that need doing and uh I certainly think uh, as Bowie said on Sunday uh striker is right up there yeah um I think for me, I mean, that's like Tom was saying on Sunday. Um, you know, I still think we need another six. Um, but I think realistically five, I know it's only one less, but I was asking for two right backs. But looking at the wage cap, um, it wouldn't surprise me if we get one first choice right back. And then if something happens, we might have to rely on Lapo or something filling in. But I still fit a left back who, who, who has a bit more going forward. I know Ben is a solid sort of left back, but um, I just find when the when the move goes over that side, I just find that it, 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 we either go backwards or it's slowed down. Um, 
I think another set of right sided centre half. Um and obviously say like a striker and I still think another winger or another two wingers because I think we've we just lack a bit of options. Because you look at the middle of the park, everything, you know, you've got Gilby, you've got Jake, Erhan, um, Johnny, Prattley, Morgan, like we've we and Levitt, we're fine there. Watson, we're fine there. I just think we need something if we need to change a game or if we want to play with width, we can't really do that at the moment. So if we play with three, you're still playing with Johnny or Erhan as a what as a wide player, you know, really. But um yeah, I, I still think a striker is 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 definitely the number one priority because like Sunday you have ten, eleven, twelve shots and you can't take your chances. You ain't gonna get that many chances against the top teams. And um if we wanna gonna be doing well in this league, we've got to put chances away. Last year we had Lyle, this year we haven't. Um so yeah, I think striker's gotta be up there but Problem is with strikers who can score goals is that they they're not cheap. Uh, if they were cheap, then they'd be at someone else or another club already. Yeah, excellent point. Right, let's have a quick break here on Chart and Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we're going to make Tom Walling cry by speaking about Johnny Williams's poor form. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's Johnny! Yes! 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 Oh, it's yes! Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it, Tom! Guess it! Come on! What a time to be a hero! Here on Wembley! Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview on your Thursday evening. Don't forget we'll be back on Sunday to uh, speak about whatever happens against Sunderland. A big game at the Valley, which we'll be previewing uh, later on. Now, uh, last night we played uh, Brighton in the or the un- Brighton under twenty ones in the EFL uh, Trophy. So we got got a chance to speak to Lee Bayer after the game. Now, Johnny Williams started that game, and uh, he hasn't started a league game for quite a while. He hasn't started one at all this season. I think he only started two uh, of the nine after lockdown in the running uh, to the Championship relegation last season. So I've picked up on that, and I have to admit, I have noticed that that Johnny hasn't really been firing on all cylinders for a little while now, and I include the end of last season uh, in that. So I thought it'd be a good idea to just to ask Boya, you know, for he thought, uh, for his thoughts. So last night I asked the Addicts boss why Johnny Williams has not been starting league games recently. Um, it's it's not really a fitness thing. 
I want to see more around product. That's um, in the 45 minutes that, that we played him today. Johnny got into some great areas and we got him the ball in some great areas. But the final ball and, and the final output, the end product, wasn't good enough. And tonight was the same. So, um, yeah, that's why Johnny's not been starting. He, he, Johnny's been with us now for a long time. And he still hasn't scored a goal. And he plays in the position that you, you have to score goals. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what's happening with Johnny at the moment. And keep putting the arm round in and telling him how great he is. And, but at the end of the day, you can only do that for so long and then you start to need a, an end product. So uh, that's what's happening with Johnny. Working on him every single day, telling him the right things, the right information. But it's, it's up to him on the pitch to, to produce that. That's Lee Bayer. So, right, come on then, Tom. You know, he's, he's your boy. You know, we're all gutted that he's not playing at the level he is, but w w where do you think it's gone wrong for Johnny over the last few months? Wow. Um, very difficult question to answer because I I'm not sure I know, really. Uh, you look at the performances since lockdown, really, and he still showed glimpses of the player that he was last season, but even the player last season didn't score any goals. Let's not forget that. And we were talking, obviously, just before we came on the show about his assist, because he did get some assists last season. And I think he did play an important part prior to lockdown on, uh, for the team. And then since lockdown, he was just he's just been a bit out of favour. Um, I think it, it's strange because I watched the two games in the international break uh, whenever that was a few weeks ago and for Wales he looked like everything went through him he got a couple of assists over those two games put a couple of great balls into the box he, he looked like a really dangerous player and he, he's come back to Charlton and it's just not there and I, I I think it's one of those problems and we've had it in the past with strikers who are struggling to score goals where he probably needs a run of 10 or 11 games in the team where he starts the game he maybe comes off 60, 70 minutes if needed and doesn't break down with injury. But unfortunately, we haven't got the luxury to give him that because we've got the likes of Ozzy, who has started the season well. Chucks, who, OK, he's obviously off at the moment, but when he's back, I think he started the season very well. And now Marcus, having come in as well and, and knowing the quality that he's got once he gets up to speed, it's going to be very difficult for Johnny. And as, as Boya says, you know, he's... We all know the type of man he is um, and, you know, he's putting his arm around him. He's doing all the right things and obviously did that interview with him back in uh, whenever it was June, I think. He talked about the fact that he has pretty well. There's just something missing from that final third at the moment with him. And he's still, when he comes on, he's getting the ball, he's driving forward, he's winning free kicks, he's doing all that stuff that we know he's great at, but... You know, when I watch the games, you're probably more closely than some. And you see us get to that final third and you're thinking, Johnny, break into the box, break into the box. And instead he's stepping back and he's hanging around the edge of the area and, and that's not helping him. So I wonder if it's a confidence thing and he just needs that run in the team. But as I say, it's going to be very difficult for him to force his way in because the others are playing. Um, and as Boya said, he needs to take his chance when he gets it. And from the sound of things, I didn't manage to see last night's game, but from the sound of things, he didn't. 
exactly pull up any trees yesterday as well. So I'm devastated, obviously, but you know the team comes first ultimately, and and if he's not in form, which I think we'd agree he's not quite, then he needs to make an impact off the bench and try and force his way back in. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he, he wasn't great last night either, and I think that's sort of what what prompted me to ask Bo the question. I did, I did put it out there to. Uh, to again to the listeners, uh, you know, do they think that that Johnny can refine his form? Will says in regards to Williams, you already know what I'm going to say. He hasn't it hasn't steered me wrong yet. That has been trying at times. Keep the faith. Rod said at the start of last season, uh, Johnny had assists to his name when he was playing regularly. Since lockdown, uh, he's not played much to recover form. Other midfielders at the club have not been creating that much either. Uh, my hope is when new players gel, it will all click, including Johnny. Yeah, because at the start of last season, before he got that injury against Derby, even in that Derby game, he, he, he did have a decent amount of assists. Uh, Paul says I want to see more from him uh, we've been carrying him for a while now uh, Zengzi Appreciation Society said desperate to see it work out for Johnny he's one of football's nice guys hopefully the signing of Marcus Madison will give him a kick up the backside uh, he has got a lot to offer what do, what do you reckon Nath? What, do, what do you reckon it will be the, the 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 catalyst to get Johnny playing back the way that we know he can and, and the way he was at the start of last season um I think he just needs to find his way a bit. I mean, I mean, last year was a. I can understand because if we play at a diamond, he's not really going to feature much. I don't think he's not a number ten for me, so he's going to have to come from out wide at some point. But now you've got Madison. I just think with Alfie there and Madison, I just going to. He's just got to hit. Just keep going and try and hit a bit of form and. And um, and then obviously he'll keep his place. It, it's weird because it reminds me a little bit. I know Tariq Fossil was out of contract, but I remember when he um, when Bose took over. Obviously, Carl played the the wingers, and then Bose didn't. So when you're playing a diamond, Tariq was never going to feature. He was never going to feature. And then it reminds me a little bit of Johnny. I'm just trying to think of where you would you could play him on the right of a free say. But then if you're playing on the right, he's either going to have to cut in on his left, cut in on shooting his left or whatever, or go down and cross the ball with his right. Or So to, for me, he's better suited on the left. But then you've got Alfie there and you've got Madison if he's left footed. But I just find it hard where I'm going to fit Johnny in. But we all know there's a, there's a player in there. Um, I just think, like Tom said, he just needs a run of games. But I don't actually think he's going to get that. I really don't. So he's just got to hope he comes off the bench, proves... Proves a point, has a good game when he comes off the bench, which is hard coming off the bench, you mm. know, trying to impact a game in such a short space of time. But um, but he like you know he's just got to keep grafting, working hard, and then if that chance comes, he takes it. That's all we can do. Yeah, we need him to get off the mark as well with a goal. Still yet to score a goal uh, during his time at the Valley. Now, like I said, I spoke to Bo after last night's uh, game in the EFL Trophy, a one-all draw uh, with Brighton. We went on to win uh, on penalties. Let's have a quick listen back to the action from the Valley last night. Your commentators on Valley Pass were, of course, uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. Circuit goes and Brighton have an opportunity here if they find the right pass and they find Vakoje towards the Charlton Pounds here. They've been forced out by Barker. Vakoje with the shot, it's deflection and it's in. It came off of George Lapsley. It would have been a comfortable save for Maynard Brewer. Instead, it left the goalkeeper wrong footed. And a soft goal for Brighton to score. Works out nicely for them. Well, that's a poor ball from Leonard and it's conceded possession from Brighton. It's forced Kasky has it. Force Kasky with options forward. Goes for goal. It's a stinging effort. Comes down. Morgan with the shot. Yeah, Morgan with the equaliser. Albie Morgan 
with his first Charlton goal. There's a poor mistake from Brian. There's a long before that caused a little bit of problems for Packham. He headed down, forced Kasky with a stinging effort. The goalkeeper couldn't hold it. Came down to Albie Morgan with his left foot. Strikes it in the mat. Retrieved by Morgan, but he can only steer it to Packham again. And that's the final whistle. It's ended all square here at the Valley Inn. Is it penalties now? It is penalties. And uh, to try and decide who will win this time. It's now third penalty taker and the main opera saves it again Davison for Charlton takes it scores and that's the tie Davison buries Charlton's fourth penalty of the uh, evening and uh, Brighton can't get back on level terms so there we are Charlton have won the penalty shootout take the bonus point they'll be on two points still be just behind Leighton Orient in second place but uh, it uh, keeps us in the hunt for the second round There we go then, Ashley Maynard Brewer, the hero as Charlton get two points. Is did you get are you a hero for getting an extra point in the FL trophy? I don't know. But he did uh, make a couple of saves uh in the penalty shootout to ensure that we got our first two points of the EFL trophy season. We lost our first game, of course, don't forget, away at Wimbledon uh, the night that we fought the injunction. Oh, that was a long time ago. Let's <laughs> let's not get into all that again. But uh, on what was meant to be a quite a good night anyway. Um, yeah, 1-0 one, one down in sort of unfortunate circumstances, a massive deflection off uh, George Latsy. But then Albie Morgan, again, his first goal uh, in the Charlton shirt before, like I said, we went on to win that penalty shootout for the extra point. And we'll talk about Albie, actually, um, Tom. Obviously, uh a player again that you rate, uh, one that Bayer's had a sort of a love-hate relationship with. But when when we spoke to him last night, he was pleased with uh, Alfie with Albie getting his goal. He was pleased, you know, he's hoping he's going to learn that lesson that if you carry on your runs, then you're going to get your rewards. And that's what he got last night. There was another point. I think it must have been after, or maybe before he equal, he got the goal, but where he like Albie sort of won the ball on the left-hand channel, played it forward, and then didn't continue his run. Uh, to go on the overlap, and Bowie was right next to him on the touchline, had a massive go. You can, you can still see where Albie needs to pick up a few things, but he, he did the right thing yesterday, burst into that penalty area uh, and scored his first goal for the Addicts. A, a simple finish, but always good for a player like him to to get off the mark. Yeah, I was absolutely delighted for him, as you say, a player that I've been raving about enough times. Um, I think what I was, or what I have been impressed with so far in, in this season when he has come on and when he has played is He's starting to starting to take on board that stuff that Boyer is talking about, the tracking back, the the tackling, the working hard. Um and I think you notice that because you don't just see him floating around spraying the balls around that we know he can do. He still does that, but he's kind of combining that with that kind of grittiness and the sort of George Lapsley parts of the game that we see when he comes on. So look, he's still so, so young. Um and it's going to take him time to learn. But the speed that he's learning this stuff under Bowyer is really, really impressive. I'm delighted for him to get a goal because that will do his confidence the world of good as well. Not that I think he was lacking it. Um, and the fact that Bowyer's pleased with him, hopefully that doesn't go to his head because Bowyer's obviously been harsh on him for a reason. And he, you know, I think Bowyer's man management on the whole is very good. He knows how to how to get a tune out of players. So. Hopefully this doesn't go to Morgan's head and he, it probably won't be when he finds out he's on the bench or dropped again at the weekend. But he's he's working out how to get the best out of him as well. And he, he again, is another huge asset that we can have. I know I spoke earlier about not relying too much on the younger players and, and I stand by that. But the likes of Albion and George, who've been around the squad now for a couple of years, 
is they are players that we can start to rely on a little bit more. And I feel like with his range of passing, if we can add some some finishing to his game and the work rate that makes sure he can get back, you know, that's a lesson to the likes of Johnny Williams to show how if you work hard on the training ground, you get the reward of games and then you've just got to take your chance. And credit to Albie because he's done that and, and got his goal. And yes, it was in a, a fairly meaningless game in, in the sense that we we probably don't want to be in that tournament for much longer, but they all count and, and that will have done him the world of good, I'm sure. Mm, what about Ashley Maynard Bruin, Nath? Obviously with uh, Dylan, well, not not involved at the moment and, and you'd assume still likely to be leaving before the end of the transfer window. Um, Ashley's probably going to be our number two, but you know, saved, saved a couple of penalties. Didn't really have much else to do, actually, in, in the 90 minutes. Um, I remember the game away at Wimbledon, which he started. Uh, he made two or three excellent saves. How do you rate him as a keeper? Do you think he's going to be an able, an able backup to, to Ben Amos this season, if, if needs be? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think um, we was a similar situation. Um, obviously, when Dill's first come on the scene, I oh know he came back from Cheltenham after winning winning the league there. But, um, you know, he didn't didn't do anything wrong when he came into the team, did he? So, I think good thing about Ashley, he's a good big goalie. I think he's improving. Um, he's good, had good good reports on his when he's come back uh, from his loan spells, which I think was Dulwich Hamlet, I think. But, um, but yeah, no, he's, he's a promising goalie and he needs to get those games. Um, and I think that obviously would would have done him a world of good, put his confidence up. But um, <clears throat> if we need someone to challenge Ben um, if it turns out that deals does go. Um, but yeah, but it's difficult because you do want him playing regularly to start progressing and and, and improving. Um, but at the moment, if deals does go, that's not going to happen because, like you say, we need a number two. So all these games, I know they are, they, what is it? I don't even know what it was. So was it Checker Trade or something? I can't remember, but... Um, it's not even got games. a sponsor's name now. No, no one even wants to have their name associated <laughs> with the competition anymore. So it's just the, the EFL trophy. But yeah, he'll uh, he, he'll have <laughs> at least one more game same. against Leighton Orient to, to play in that one. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have another break. When we come back, it'll be time to start to look ahead uh, to Saturday's home game with Sunderland. <laughs> Space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's Crew Alexander nil, Charlton Athletic 1. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview, and it is a big game uh, on Saturday, playing Sunderland, our first meeting since that infamous uh, game at Wembley, uh, when Big Paddy B notched the last-minute winner. Unfortunately, it uh, counts for nothing in the long run, because we're back in the same division, uh, but we've still got the memories, haven't we? And you can never take those away. Um, and uh, yeah, so first game with Sunderland, uh, so it meant uh, catching up uh, with some old friends, our old friends at the Roker Report, uh, who we, we've dealt with quite a lot when we were asking uh, in League One to share stories on each other's clubs, and I spoke to Matt Crichton from the Roker Report, he says that the Black Cats have enjoyed a decent start to the season. Yeah, I'd say it's been quite positive, um, I think on the opening day, the draw with Bristol Rovers was a bit underwhelming. Uh, we dominated and conceded a penalty early on. Uh, so I'd say probably on paper that was a game we should have won. But on the flip side, we have then went and beat Oxford and Peterborough 
two big promotion rivals and kept clean sheets. So I think in that respect, with seven points out of nine, it's been quite a good start. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, what are the aim? Is it promotion the aim again this season? I guess a bit bit of a disappointment last year that um, you, you didn't even make the playoffs, did you, after, after the season was curtailed? Yeah, um, we finished eighth with the points per game structure. So it ended up being our record worst ever finish. So I think... Every season, Sunderland will be in League One. Promotion will always be the aim. Um, I think the longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. But I think with the facilities we've got, the fan base, the history, and the players we've had the first two times in attempts at it, we should have achieved promotion. I think it's definitely fair to say we've underachieved so far in League One. Mm. And what about Phil Parkinson, your former... Former Charlton manager, how have the the Sunderland fans taken to him? I think with Phil, it's very mixed because when he came into the club, it was quite, I would say, an underwhelming appointment to many people. But he, it sort of had a, he flipped it last season because he started off awfully, had us on relegation form, but then changed the system, got us playing really well and had us looking like we would have achieved the playoffs. So I think it was sort of difficult to analyse it, but I guess this season, it's a clean slate for him. It's now his team. It's now really his chance to get us up. So I think now, I guess, he's going to be judged off his first full season. And so far, although we're not creating loads of clear-cut chances, at the back, we're much better than we were under Jack Ross, especially with Bailey Wright. So I think... Whilst we still don't look great going forward, defensively we're probably the best we've looked uh, in League One. What about the the off the field situation with Sunderland? Every time I I, I look at a, a Sunderland related post on social media, there always seems to be some sort of issue with people talking about Stuart Donald and, and the ownership of the club. You know, obviously we we all had the insight of the uh, of the documentary that that was on um, that was on Netflix, but. You know, is is there still unrest there amongst the supporters? Yeah, I think majority of Sunderland fans, the position is unchanged that we don't think Donald and Co, like his group, are the right people to take us forward. Um, there was lots of changes in the summer. Lots of sort of people that are associated with Donald have gone, and we were told that a takeover was looking likely to happen. However. Although there was um, a group which were, obviously they were unnamed, but they were said to be close to taking over. We still don't know anything about this group. Uh, Nothing sort of happened. So many people are starting to now question, was this just a smokescreen to sort of ease the fans and sort of hope that should we start the season well under Parkinson, a lot of uh, complaints against Donald will go away. But it's yet to be seen. We haven't really heard much, so it's sort of still up in the air as to whether Sunderland will be taken over uh, or whether the shares will be changed around or whether Donald will still have control. Mm, yeah, speaking from experience, takeovers can take forever, so don't yeah. put your homes up on that one. Um, so obviously it's, it's going to be our first meeting since that infamous day at Wembley, one we all fondly remember, of course, when, when Patrick Bauer scored the... The last minute, how, how how do you sort of, from the outside, how do you assess Cholton? I mean, you would have seen our ownership issues and um, hopefully they're, they're behind us now. How, how, how do you think 
how, how do you think you'll you'll fare against us on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, I feel bad for Charlton because I think any football club that suffers that sort of ownership problems, I think every football every football fan should have sympathies for them because, I mean, you look into the start of this season, we've had it with Wigan, uh, Charlton. I mean, you haven't really had a chance to get a squad together. So I think in a way, for Sunderland right now, it's sort of a good time to play Charlton. Like I know you've made a couple of signings this week with uh, Ben Watson and the defender from Norwich, but I think we're sort of lucky in that way that you haven't been able to get a good squad together and there's been a lot of young players involved. But I definitely think now that the takeover is complete, I can easily see Charlton assembling a good squad that can get competitive and especially under Lee Boyer because his managerial record at Charlton has been very good. Yeah, it has been. And, uh, you know, in, in the Sunderland side on, on Saturday, then who should be the men we should be most wary of? And if you say Aidan McGeady, I know you're lying. Won't be involved. He's been put as supposed to requirements, but there's been absolutely no movement um, on him whatsoever. We've heard sort of nothing, any sort of concrete links. Um, I think with Sunderland, in terms of up front, we still have the problems that there's no real striker who's scoring a lot of goals. Obviously, Chris Maguire's the main man going forward. Normally, goals and assists, if we do get a couple in a game, he's always involved. The wing-backs as well. Um, Denver Hume won a penalty the weekend. He's been improving going forward. And Luke O'Neill in that wing-back position is always dangerous. But Sunderland are more effective at the back. I'd say significantly Bailey Wright. His record at Sunderland, when he's sort of been in the team, sort of 80-90% of the time, we keep clean sheets. And if you look at our season last year, uh, when we started to dip in form, it was when he got injured. Um, and Jordan Willis, especially, I think I was very surprised uh, no one came in for him from the championship in the summer. So I think in terms of who you worry about at Sunderland, it's more about Sunderland being good at the back. I'd say we're more effectively at the back than we are going forward. There we go. Cheers to Matt from the Roker Report for letting us know how Sunderland we're getting on. Obviously managed by our, our former friend uh, Phil Parkinson. Um, yeah, and off to a decent start. Now, Sunderland in League One, <laughs> I mean... This is their third season down there. I think I think you know fans of that club, Tom, are finding out how hard it is in League One, especially when you're a so-called big club. I think other than Leeds, Sunderland are probably the biggest club that have been down in League One uh, for a while now, and 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 they're finding it. They found it tough going. Uh, started off well enough this season, but I mean they'll they'll be demanding promotion up at the uh, up at the stadium like this year. Yeah, definitely. I think they were. Demanding it last year when they when they were there and obviously we we did our what we did at Wembley um, and stopped that I think yeah it, look we've seen it before we're already seeing it again this year that that this is not an easy league to get out of and I for one was guilty of of getting relegated and thinking that it would be it would be easy because you look at the teams that you play week in week out in the Championship and then you come down to this league and you're playing likes of Plymouth Argyle or Rochdale or Fleetwood Town and you think well we shouldn't be struggling with that you know because we were you know we were playing the likes of Fulham and Leeds last year but you're down there for a reason um, and yeah it's not an easy league to get out of because you know what those teams do against the big clubs they sit back they soak up pressure they hit you on the counter and, and you're seen as a big scalp if they can get it and I know they've still got the likes of Vonine and, and Ledbitter and 
Wyke and Gooch and, and players like that. So they've still got quality throughout their team. I think they've still got Danny Graham, haven't they, as well? Um, Will Grigg, obviously. So they've spent big. They're one of the teams that Boyer, I'm sure, was thinking of when he talked about the fact that other teams have been able to spend more money than us. But it doesn't always work, you know, and and it showed last year. They got close, but but no cigar, as they say. So, yeah, they're you know what the fans are like up there. They're a demanding bunch anyway. And you're right, they're gonna they're gonna want to get back out of this league. But it's not as easy as that. And I'm sure we're gonna give them a good game because obviously we've had the history over the past few years. We've had the history all the way back, of course, to Wembley in in '98. But We've struggled a little bit in the last couple of games against teams that perhaps haven't had the attacking threat that Sunderland have. And it was something we found a little bit last year and the season before in League One that we we play a little bit better when teams come out at us. And and I think Sunderland will do that. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. Mm, Nath, uh, obviously I mentioned there Phil Phil Parkinson. I I quite like Parky when he was here. Um, He's got a job on his hands at Sunderland. I thought he did the best he could in, in extremely difficult circumstances at Bolton, of course. And now he'll be expected to get Sunderland out of that division. Yeah, there's, you could always argue that, oh, they weren't that far outside the playoffs when, when, when League One was cancelled last year. So you can't really say he's failed because he could still have got them into it. But, you know, do you think he's a manager to get Sunderland back up? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think um, he's he's had a bit of time there now. I think he's coming up to a year. So he's... He's starting to get players in. Obviously, Tom was mentioning, you know, the players they've got. You've got if you've got Will Grigg and Danny Graham on the bench to come off for you, then you're, you've got a good chance, haven't you? And you've got Jordan Willis and Bailey White, who are, for me are championship centre halves. Um, Max Power, but he's injured at the moment. So, in theory, for Parkey, I think as much as his squad's great, if he doesn't do the business this year, um, then I don't know if they're going to have a better chance because surely at some point. Um, if they don't go up this year, the spending has got because you've probably still got a lot of people and a lot of money down there. So oh, up there rather, um, but yeah, it's gonna be a tricky game, and he's got a great chance of getting promoted with the squad he's got. But like we like Tom was saying, it's no guaranteed in terms of teams on paper don't win your leagues, do they? So no, it never has it, uh, for us. <laughs> but, but, yeah, exactly, and this will be probably, in my opinion, to be the trickiest fixture of the season. Um, yeah. Well, not at home, but the away tie, but. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll look forward to that one when it comes around. <laughs> That's the trickiest one. But there we go. Uh, let's hear what Lee Bayer uh, has to uh, has to say about the fixture. Then I asked him uh, again last night, um, and 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 the the boss says he's hoping to get back to winning ways. Yeah. Obviously, I want to win every game. Um, Sunderland are bringing back some memories, some some good memories. But uh, yeah, well, we've just got to try and put out the best side we can and. And, and compete and try and pick up as many points as we can in this period where we're weaker than other teams. Um, so I think that's that's plain to see. The played three league games and and won one and lost two. It's, it's not what I want. It's not good enough. I, I accept that. But I believe by the time that the window closes, then we'll be a lot stronger and and then we can start competing properly. What do you think of the the Sunderland side will be coming up against? Because they've started they've started pretty well. Um, obviously not won't won't be all the same players from from two years ago. You've got a former Charlton manager as well, who the the fans here know well. A, a strong physical side, a, a good Sunderland side. But uh, I think I spoke to someone earlier on in the in the week, and, and what I said to him was that 
90% of the teams that we're playing, they've got their squads finished. They're, they're ready. They're rolling, you know, like they've, they've got their squads done um, before this cap came in. Um, we're, we're behind because we, we was obviously under the embargo and, and we're behind. And the players that we're signing now, they're, they're um, behind time because they've not been training or well, they've definitely not been able to play any games where not just Sunderland, all the teams in this division, a lot of the teams, they will have their squads and, and they will have played five pre-season matches, um, three league games, so we, we haven't had that luck. So, um, yeah, but it, it's, it's fine. Like, I'm happy with the situation. I know the situation. And I'm not going to panic. I know that we will get it right. We've just got to build this puzzle again. We've got so many players in the summer, we've just got to rebuild it. And um, that's why it's, it's, we've got to get it right. There you go, Lee Bo. I think just highlighting really how, how difficult it is for us because, again, of our of our situation within the uh, within the league and how we're sort of playing catch-up. And, and obviously, he's saying himself that, that Sunderland are, are one of those teams. In fact, old man Char- Charlton's just what you didn't say, and I'm sure if Johnny Williams scores a couple of goals, he's uh, playing powers, will be back. Uh, Danny says the trouble is he's an impact. He's a decent impact sub, but not a 90-minute player on, on Johnny Williams. Um, so looking ahead to, to the game against Sunderland, uh, yeah, I guess the first question will be, Tom, will, will Marcus Madison play? But we don't really know what sort of shape he's in but we need something different from from Sunday you know again we started well as we did against Doncaster uh, up at Lincoln but we didn't take our chances and we fell behind and got into a bit of a rut in that in that second half so trying to take those positives of the fact that we did create opportunities it's about turning that into a little bit more and then if we do suffer a setback of conceding a goal not letting it affect us like like it has done over the last few games. Yeah, not much more I can add to that, really. I was just about to say, you you suggest we need something different. I think all we need to do differently is, is take our chances. If we do that, you know, we go in the last couple of games at half-time, 2-0, 3-0 up, and the game is probably put to bed. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they've been working on their finishing, and if we do get chances in that first half, hopefully we can take them. But you're right, if not, I think what I've been a little bit disappointed with so far this season uh, is not just our ability not to really change it up, but Boya normally, and I'm not going to call him out as on his tactics here or his decisions because he largely gets them right. But this year he seems to be doing things a little bit differently to how he has previously. And I don't know if that's just because he hasn't got the players or hasn't had the players in the, in the previous games to be able to change it up the way he likes. I suspect that's the case because, you know, when you drop into a back five or you're, you're going into the diamond, you need specific players that can obviously play the wing-back role and you need enough centre-backs, first of all, to to play three across the middle. And we haven't really had the personnel to do it the way I would like. So I think now that we've started to get players in, he's got a few more options so that he can do what we've traditionally seen him do, which is, as I just said, you, you move to the diamond, you move to the flat four, you move to the three at the back. And if we can change up our shape, more often than not, we do have an impact. Having said all that, even last year, did we come back at all when we were goal behind? Maybe once. So Bristol, it, Bristol City, we can't, yeah, 
came back from Bristol City uh, from being behind That's to go one. on to yeah. win and then a couple of games where we're behind and, and came on to draw. It's, it's interesting you say that actually because I'm looking at the bench from um, from Sunday and it, obviously Ben Watson came on not not yet fully fit. He came on for half an hour. Um, the, the other two players he brought on and looking at that bench there really wasn't much. Was Is an out of form Johnny Williams and probably an out of form Jake Forstakaski as well. So he hasn't, as you say, he hasn't really had that many options on the bench to change it. Now I mentioned there Ben Watson Knife, do you reckon he starts? He, he got 60 minutes under his belt against Brighton. He's, he's, he's got booked in both of his games so far. So we've basically got two Darren Prattleys in midfield at the moment. But do, do you think Watson starts? Do you think he can come in and change something for us? Uh, I think it might be an option uh, for him to play. Um, again, because he obviously played yesterday. Is it Wednesday, Saturday? Is it a bit too much? And then obviously we've got... A, another tough game after but they play three at the back so I don't know if we'll try and match them up um, or not but I, I mean it depends well, if he if he does come in Prattley will obviously be going into a, into the defence somewhere um, whether it's in a, in a, in a, in a, as a four or a three but I think games like this um, he can I think if he starts a game he's, obviously the experience is great but then also on the flip side if you're in a game like this and you're winning 1-0 in the last 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and you need that old head, which we spoke about when he first signed. Um, I think it's a, a decent a decent option for Bowyer to have. But for me, I think like Tom was saying, it's about changing games. And the, the bench on Sunday was, you weren't going to change a game. No one on that, no one on that bench really was going to change the game. So I think it's sort of more or less admitted defeat I did anyway, um, unless yeah. you've got Johnny Fire in all cylinders, which he's not at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately not. Now, it is interesting you say, obviously, with, with the minutes and, and managing players. Don't forget now the Ipswich game, which is due to be next next weekend, has been called off or been postponed, uh, pushed back into the 22nd of December uh, due to our international call-up. So, in fairness, we, we once we get this game out of the way, then, then then there's a bit of a rest for the players. So, I wonder if Bayern might take a, a, a couple more risks because of that. Anyway, right, we've come to the end of uh, this week's big match preview. Let's just quickly have uh, a prediction, uh, Tom, and then Nathan. Tom, you go first. Uh, one all draw. Nice, knife. Yeah, I'll go for a one all as well. All right. There. So normally, at least one of you predicts a win, and then obviously looks looks silly afterwards. But okay, not not very positive. But we'll see what happens uh, on uh, on Saturday. Thank you then to Tom and Nate for joining us on the big match preview this week. Cheers, Cheers lads. boys. Good to have you both. We'll be back on Sunday, of course, on Charlton Live uh, with our reaction to whatever happens against uh, Sunderland. We'll hear from Lee Boyer on that podcast again, of course. Hopefully we'll get a player as well if we get a positive result. Uh, But anyway, I've been Louis Meadows. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the Big Match Preview. And we shall see you again on Sunday. (laughs) 